You're listening to the Faith Made Welcome podcast, a progressive podcast of faith where we look at Christianity from a progressive Baptist tradition. This podcast is brought to you by Commonwealth Baptist Church in Alexandria, Virginia. So whoever you are, wherever you are, or whatever you think about faith, you're welcome here. Please let us know what you think about our podcast by subscribing to it or by sharing it with someone who may be looking for a podcast like this. And we would love to hear your feedback. So please leave us a comment or question on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Let's get started. So here we go with episode 17 of Faith Made Welcome. Uh, This is our second week of Advent. So we're now launching into an episode about peace. Uh, And we have a whole new cast of characters for this week's episode. Uh, So starting one of our classic Faith Made Welcome participants, we have... Pastor Marty Anderson. Indeed. Uh, And then we have a couple of more... (laughs) I don't know if I want to call you classic. Normal. 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 (laughs) Mm -mm -mm. Uh, So we have Paul and I. Um, I am a deacon, of course, at the church and a regular voice on this here podcast. And who are you, sir? I am Paul, and I guess I am becoming a regular voice on this podcast. I think by that I mean I think I've been on all but like two, Embrace maybe. It. Um, and it's wonderful to be here again with you, Sherry, and our guests. Our guests, and who are our guests? Hi, I'm Athena Burkett. Um, I have been at the church now, I think six years. I was figuring out earlier, which feels a lot longer than it seems. Um, I have been a deacon and I'm now on church council and I sing pretty regularly in the live services mm-hmm. and outside of church, church, I'm a teacher. I've taught first, second, third, fifth, sixth, and now seventh grade. Very cool. So a lot of grades. <laughs> Athena does it all. She does it all. Yeah. And I, I was, I was thinking, I have seen you on some uh, streaming services lately, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's wonderful to have you, Athena. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. And? I'm Janelle Rose Krantz, and I am an unofficial member of the church. <laughs> I love we CBC. Yeah, I was going to say, Marty, you can, uh... <laughs> Marty, Marty would like for me to be a member. <laughs> um, but yeah, I attend PC, uh, CBC and love it. And thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Janelle, have you gone out to coffee with Lonnie? I have, yes. Oh, and you didn't well, seal the deal? Like, now. come on. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's all formalities from here. You're, you're with yeah, us okay. for life now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, thank you all for coming on for an episode about peace. Um, I feel like I want to ask the first question, similar to what I asked last week, which was, let's be honest, like two hours ago, yeah. um, <laughs> for me. Um, last episode, I asked folks what their first thought was when they were invited to be on a podcast about hope. And I kind of want to throw the same question out to y'all. Uh, when you knew this morning that you were going to be on a podcast about peace, what what were your first thoughts about peace? I'm laughing because um, Janelle and I got coffee right before this and we were talking about like, well, what are we going to say about peace? And I looked at her and I was just like, I don't know. (laughs) Peace in these times is so hard. Um, 
So I don't know that I have an answer to that. I'm going to figure that out as we talk, Sherry. Perfect. That's perfect. perfect. I was when yeah. you said you had coffee, I got a little nervous. Like, oh no, they recorded the podcast. They just forgot yeah, to record I hope, it. I hope they don't have an answer at this point. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Janelle, have you settled on a more more of an answer yet? Or? <laughs> I have ideas about what peace is and what I want to share. But I also feel like my understanding of peace is limited to my own experience. And we all have different experiences with peace. But I was very humbled and excited to be asked. Um, I was realizing that, uh, so I set a word for each year to be my focus. And mm-hmm. peace was my word for this year. Oh, wow. So humbled to get to talk about it more. Yeah, this is perfect. That's perfect. It's like we knew that, but we I didn't. know. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad that she got that word that we sent her for this year. <laughs> right. We, yeah, we sent her by we way set, of the We set this up well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Marty, are you, do you think you're the expert on peace then? Is that what you're going to bring to the table today? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Okay. Like uh, Janelle said, peace is different for everybody. And... Um, I think when we look at peace for Advent times, it's a more of a, a inward peace that we kind of focus on rather than a peace from wars and stuff like that. So uh-huh. um, we'll see where the conversation goes. Yeah, yeah, we definitely will. How about you, Paul? Are you a peace expert? Oh, well, I mean, I was, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me. Um, <laughs> Because, I mean, as we were going around, I mean, the thought that I was having was, does one have to be uh, an expert on these in order to um, in order to speak to them? And, I mean, I, obviously the answer is, is a resounding no, I, I think. But, Marty, I mean, both you and Robin and anyone, I think, is in this position of, well, you know, Marty or Robin is talking about hope or they're talking about peace. They must be an expert. So uh, what do you say, Marty, peace? And and you're like, no, I'm no expert on this yet. So how do we, and this is me dodging the question, I think. So how do we, uh, how do we have a conversation about peace when all of us are like, like, like Janelle so you know, wisely said, it's like, I can just speak to my own experience, dude. Um, as, as voices of authority, as voices uh, that people go to when they want to talk about a thing, what is peace? I don't know. I mean, for me, it's like, uh, how do I get through the day? How do I get through the day? Um, how do I, how do I, how do I get through a day where I can sleep at night? Because ultimately, I, I think when my when my head hits the pillow at the end of the day, and as connected as you feel in your interactions with everyone, I think I when when I'm laying down in bed at night, it's like here I am, here I am again. Another day behind, uh, going to go to sleep and get up and do it again. If I'm going to sleep that night, I, I hope that I would have found some peace in something that would allow me to do so. And uh, I don't know if that's living a life guided by moral compass or if that is in being of service to others and bringing joy to people as best I can or bringing comfort whenever I see an opportunity to do so. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking maybe peace is the felt sense that I get when living by what is important to me. I don't know. Well, that might be the starting place, though, is to try to figure out, like, well, we're not experts, but maybe we know what we think peace is. Ultimately, uh, dodging the question is usually the person who is asking all the other people 
about that. I don't know what you're talking about, Paul. So, Sherry, what what would you say, Sherry? Peace. Uh, See, I have peace all figured out, but I don't want to take it, you know, spoil it for y'all. So I'm not going to. I'm not going to tell you. Dodge. No. Uh, yeah, no, of course. I ask the questions because I don't know the answers. That's how it goes. Um, yeah. So I'm going to keep dodging and keep throwing questions out. No, I think peace is, um, I, you know, I think I associate a lot of imagery with the word peace. Like, you know, you see the word peace and you think of peace signs and you think of doves and you think of hippies and all of that. Um But for me, I think it's hard to know where peace really lives, especially in a year like this one. Um, So I don't know. Um, I think peace is something I struggle with and it's something I'm always seeking maybe. Hmm. Um, But Hmm. what is peace? I've been thinking about what Marty said about how like in Advent peace is more about internal. Mm -hmm. And, And for me that really resonates, especially in a pandemic, because there's so much going on that is out of our control. Like really the only piece that we can control right now is what's inside. Yeah. And, um, you know, as, as someone who struggles with anxiety and depression and just like all of these mental battles that you're fighting in your head constantly, for me, peace is when that kind of goes quiet and I can just be present in the moment. Uh-huh. Um, and it, I've gotten really into, um, not really meditation, but more just like, you know, deep breathing and, um, mantras and just trying mm. to understand that I, I can't control what other people are feeling. I can't control how other people are reacting, but I can control those things for myself. And so there's no point in worrying about that or trying to fix it. Instead, I'm going to focus on breathing and focus on just finding that peace with where I'm at. And that has, I mean, I've been working on that for years, but I feel like in the past, especially like this month or so, um, just with, especially all of the crazy stuff that we had going on the past couple of weeks, right? Like I just, I have to focus inward if I'm going to find any source of peace. Uh Yeah focusing inward. I mean, I think that that's a big part of it for me too, because I think, um, anxiety and depression to me are the antithesis of like, of peace. Right. Um, so those are the things I'm trying to push out of my life so I can find some peace. Um, mm-hmm. so meditation I think is maybe a thing that we can think about as something we do to cultivate a sense of peace. Are there other peace practices that we have in our lives? What brings us peace? I would say going off of that, um, once we can have a sense of understanding of what's going on inside of us, then we can practice peace in other spaces of our lives. So for example, I feel like Um, We can experience peace in our relationships and we can pursue that um, by knowing what we need in the relationship or what our hopes are for the relationship. So when we get quiet, we can be aware of what's going on inside of us. And then I think a practice of peace might be like reconciliation or forgiveness. So maybe we're aware that we um, are hurt by somebody or that we hurt them. 
I think one way to practice peace is by seeking to reconcile that, but it comes from being aware of what's going on inside of you Mm -hmm. and knowing um, what will help you move forward. How do you uncover that awareness, Janelle? So meditation would be one way, even if it's just five minutes of quietness to listen to what's going on in my head. Mm. Um, And I think that's usually what it is, is removing distractions to create space to hear myself. A lot of times it's taking a walk outside, Mm. especially a long walk where I can just get lost in the moment and I'm not trying to get anywhere or do anything. Mm. Um, or exercise can be helpful or yoga. A lot of times it helps me to move my body mm. in order to know what's going on emotionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Marty, you're kind of similar, right? Like, I think I remember talking to you about like meditation, like sitting on a cushion doesn't seem to be too much of your jam. Is that right? No. Um, and I'm a, I, for me to retreat inward, I need to do something, whether it is a walk or exercise mm-hmm. or um, just some kind of movement. I mostly, when I go for a run, I get a lot of thinking done. Mm-hmm. And I don't listen to music. I don't have, you know, earphones in. Yeah. I'm just just me listening to my body, uh, my thoughts. And, um, you know, that gives you a sense of peace, but it also just gives you a sense of, just being present. Um, um, so yeah, that's kind of, I don't know if that's where I achieve peace, but it is where I kind of center myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Robin said it a couple episodes back um, where she said peace is in the, you know, in the Bible in Hebrew, it's Shalom. And then that word has the kind of the concept of wholeness and the peace of being whole. Um, and it's not the absence of chaos. It's the the togetherness of your life, mm-hmm. of wholeness. Can you have peace in the chaos? Mm-hmm. Can you find that peace in the chaos? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what, um, you know, we see from the stories of Scripture, too, that um, the peace is, there's always chaos around the peace. Yeah, I was I was going to say if it requires yeah. no lack of chaos, nobody is going to find peace. I mean, that can't no, be no. A, that can't right. be a prerequisite. And what I've always kind of like the Advent story is so strange because you know the angels come to these shepherds, right, and say you need to go to Bethlehem, and you know because Jesus is being born, and so they do. And then the angels just start having a party and they start screaming, you know, glory to God in the highest peace on earth. Like, I want to know what that moment was like. Angels are saying there is now peace on earth. And the shepherds are probably looking around. What is this angel talking about peace? Like, but they were screaming at that moment. There was peace on earth. And I just kind of wanted to know what that moment was. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what was going on? Yeah, like, what were they seeing? What did it right. feel like? Yeah. You know, like these angels just saying, "Hey, now there's peace on earth." It's interesting because the way you describe that, Marty, doesn't necessarily jive with how we often think about peace. Like you literally said, like the angels were having a party and then they were screaming. 
And that's like not how we were thinking about mm-hmm. peace before, yeah, right? Those, like those we were are thinking about words. this very quiet, like, um, so this idea that peace can be something on earth in a moment of chaos and that the chaos doesn't have to go away for the peace to be present. It makes me think about like how it's all about your internal mindset and almost like the lens with which you're viewing what's happening, right? Mm-hmm. So like I can be sitting in a really tense meeting but if in my own mind i'm thinking you know what like i the world's not ending right like this we're gonna get through this hard part like i'm gonna listen to what they're saying kind of what you were talking about janelle with relationships is like i'm gonna listen and i'm gonna hear and i'm gonna try and understand and like i don't have to be combatant in this i don't have to feed into this negativity I can have peace in a meeting where everyone's screaming at each other, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's all about how you are approaching the situation that makes it peaceful. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily about um, what the specifics are about what's going on and the things that are happening and the, the chaos around us, but more of our, our relationship mm-hmm. kind of with it can be a peaceful one you know mm-hmm. so so the peace isn't actually in the things necessarily as so much as it is how we fit into those things and our intentions going into it maybe you know mm-hmm. can you can you make your own peace what does it mean to make peace with something because that's what it is it's like there's this phrase making peace with something what does that look like for you janelle i mean have you had a do, do you see a time in your life or a circumstance or a situation where you said i this can't i i can't be with this this way i have to make peace with this and and what does that what does that look like? And I, I'm assuming the answer is not no. Uh, you've lived on this earth long enough to something must have happened where it's like I got to find peace well, in this. I need to make peace with this in one way or another. Well, yeah, I think there have been a lot of opportunities, and the opportunities that I can think of right now are mostly with with a family member, with my dad, mm-hmm. of seeking peace, mm-hmm. and. I think there are several different components of that, but I do think it absolutely starts with myself. So being aware of how I feel, acknowledging that, accepting that, listening to that, because my default is to deny my feelings and the chaos inside. Mm -hmm. So it's being honest about that. And then um, to do what I think will help create peace within and um and it won't necessarily resolve the situation it won't necessarily bring peace for the other person because i think it's true that we can only control and make peace for ourselves Mm -hmm. um but i also believe that when we make peace for ourselves it can inspire other people to create peace within their selves themselves as well Um, and so for me, that looked like having some hard conversations with my dad and Mm. being vulnerable about areas where I was hurt and how I perceived situations and giving him the space to talk to me. But ultimately my peace didn't come from his response. It came from knowing that I was doing what I needed to do Mm. to Mm -hmm. respect my journey and my process. And of course, his response was meaningful and important and it impacted me and my emotions. But I think ultimately the peace came from knowing that I was responding to what was going on within and seeking um, alignment with what was going on 
within. So um, Paul, you had said in the beginning that piece, maybe it's a felt sense that you get from living according to, you know, your values or what you believe. And I resonate with that. I think Mm -hmm. it comes from acting on our convictions or our desires or hopes for our lives and ourselves and those around us and pursuing that rather than giving up or trying to control a situation. Thank you, Janelle. Um, That's beautiful. Um, What was the hardest part of that conversation with your dad? Now that in in hindsight, it's like, what was, what was the hardest part of it? (laughs) It was having the conversation. It was being vulnerable and exposing Mm. what was going on inside of me to my dad. Mm. Um, Because that, because I had the opportunity to be rejected at that point or to be hurt. Um, And so it was the possibility that I would be disappointed or rejected and, I think in terms of making peace with other people, that's always the hardest part for me, Mm. vulnerability and revealing parts of myself to somebody else. It's really interesting because like listening to you talk about this and just thinking about my own relationship with peace, I'm thinking like peace really takes courage actually. Yeah, I was thinking. Right, like we we just had a conversation about hope uh, on the last episode and talked about the fact that hope is related to courage, but I think peace is a really courageous thing to seek, right? Um, It takes more courage to seek peace than it does to seek like violence or war Mm -hmm. or something like that. I mean, you can just get mad and go start conflict. That's not hard for us. Yeah. It's hard for us. (laughs) The default setting maybe, in fact. To look around, right? You can see plenty of uh, Yeah. Yeah. What's hard for us is to have the courage to be peacemakers. Yeah. I'm curious, Athena, like earlier when you were talking about being in that meeting and being able to know that you can be in a place of peace, even if the people in the meeting are yelling, what do you think you have to do to get to that place where you can do that? Like, how do you prepare yourself for that kind of courageous moment? Um, I think it takes one knowing that you're going to be in that situation that definitely helps Mm -hmm. but more so it takes being okay with knowing who you are and that being enough Mm. right so like the situation that I'm facing pretty uh consistently these days is being a teacher in a pandemic Mm -hmm. when no one knows what's happening and you know some people want to some parents want us to go back to in-person teaching and teachers are scared about doing that and teachers don't think it's fair. Um, But then knowing that some parents are really struggling, like they either can't work from home and so their kids are left at home or they have to work to continue to feed their family. Like I get, when (laughs) when I can get my kids to turn on their microphones, for some of them, what I hear in the background is just chaos like there are like three kids learning in one room or their internet's going in and out so like there are real reasons why people need to come back and so as a teacher on my team there's a lot of negativity about us coming back and it's just pretty constant like complaining that like this isn't fair and not seeing the other side to why it might be needed and so that was really 
hard for me to be a part of because as a two, as an Enneagram two, um, I see both sides to everything. I have a lot of trouble making decisions, but I can understand and I can empathize with what it's like to be at home in that bad situation mm -hmm. um, or a situation that's not optimal for learning. Um, and so it was just really weighing me down because I not only didn't like the negativity, but I wanted to make them feel happy. Like I wanted to point out, well, these are the good things or like, it might be good for this. Um, but I really just had to let that go and own that I'm not in control of their feelings. It's not my job to make them feel happy. It's my job to make sure my students have what they need. Uh -huh. And once I was able to stop trying to fix everything, then I could sit in there and just be okay with like, I know that I'm not in control of what's going to happen. So I'm going to make the best of what I can. Uh -huh. Like this is a sucky situation for everybody, mm -hmm. for parents, for teachers, for staff, for literally everyone in the world hates their life right now <laughs> because of the pandemic. And so I'm going to make the best of what I can um, because I don't want to live in that chaos. I, I want to choose to live in the peace that I can make for myself and try and move forward that way. Mm -hmm. um, but it definitely, it took me a while to get there. It took being very conscious about, I had to make a choice to be in that space. Mm -hmm. And I make that choice every day when I enter those meetings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I think in a lot of ways for myself, the more I try to cling to something, uh, the less likely I am to experience peace. So clinging to expectations for how something should go or clinging to my sense of how, some, how I want to feel within something, like the more I cling uh, to like some external sense of, what ought to be, um, the more uh, difficult it is to find peace. So when you're saying like, I have to let go, like mm -hmm. that's a, it's interesting that a big part of finding peace is letting go. Mm -hmm. um, which um, maybe even like in biblical times, right? Like this is, this is the savior we got, like some dude in a manger. Yeah. This is not what we expected. Maybe peace is letting go and saying, yeah, well, that's, long we got <laughs> yeah I, I always had a hard time with the this the phrase finding peace mm -hmm. mm. just because i understand what people are trying to say but i also know that for me i never can achieve peace i always need a story bigger than myself mm -hmm. mm. that's why i i grab on to this advent story or the story of our faith right uh -huh. and me knowing that as a Christian, peace is within me. It'll never leave me. Connecting with that peace, that's my challenge, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Trying to um, center myself or, you know, make myself whole, uh, shalom, however you want to say it. Um, so I know that we say, find, we got to find the peace. Find it, yeah. yeah. But we, we know where it is. Problem is, is what we're we gonna, how are we gonna use it? Uh -huh. What are we gonna do with it? And if we go back to like our shepherd story, like the angels, like there's peace on earth, and the shepherds looking like, okay, this angel just told us to quit our jobs <laughs> and go to another town just to see a baby, right? Sounds like right. Yeah, sounds mm -hmm. right. Better be but, a cute. Baby. But they did it, right? And then they left praising God for it. So. 
the piece is always close is what I guess I'm getting at. Mm. Okay. You might have to know where to go to get it, but the piece is always with you. Yeah. Well, Marty, you used a phrase a little earlier, um, a peacemaker being a peacemaker. Um, do you see yourself, um, in that, in that role of, of peacemaker within a congregation or within your life? And what does it mean to be a, a peacemaker? Peacemaker. Um, I think when Jesus was talking about it, he said in the Beatitudes, he said, you know, blessed are the peacemakers yeah. or they will inherit the earth. It wasn't, he wasn't saying that for somebody to strive to be a peacemaker. He was actually telling people that were peacemakers, mm. you are doing a great job, you know? Um, and I think what peacemakers were being, is just doing the next right thing for yourself and then being a channel for that for others. I think Janelle talked a little bit about that earlier, yeah. about what can I do to be peace and how can that inspire others to be peacemakers? Um, and it takes a lot of, you got to be okay with however other people take your sense of peace that you're giving away. Um, but being a peacemaker is, I, I just think it's, just trying to do the next right thing, not for not always for myself, but for community, uh, friends, for loved ones. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, it's that shalom. It's that wholeness. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Janelle, did you feel like a peacemaker when you were talking to your dad? I don't know if I felt that way. No. <laughs> or, was it, or was it just terror? Or was it just terror? Right? Yeah, I was just terrified. <laughs> but you were. Like, I, mean, I heard your story and I said, oh, you're a peacemaker. And, when I, and I don't say that to dismiss your feelings. I just said that. Right. I, where I hear the story, you took the courage, like uh -huh. we talked about. You made the stand to, be, to take the courage to be peace. And I think this reveals an important thing about peacemaking is that a lot of times you don't feel like a peacemaker because you're doing something different than maybe the status quo or the norm. Like if you go and have a conversation with your dad and you don't normally have vulnerable conversations, you're doing something that could cause a response or a conflict. Um, and so it oftentimes feels like you're disturbing the peace mm. or the status quo if you are seeking peace outside of yourself and involving others in that process. Or um, it could be a bigger issue, you know, beyond an interpersonal relationship. And oftentimes it, like I said, it feels like you are creating an opportunity for um, conflict, actually, when you are seeking peace. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. Well, and that brings up the idea of like, what's the difference in being comfortable with my situation mm -hmm. and having peace about my situation? Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know. it can't just be blind complicity, yeah. right? Well, like it, it, this has me thinking about like the space between peace and people pleasing. Like, people pleasing is not a peace practice, um, because <sighs> right. <laughs> Um, because <laughs> it is not, it is not, it is not, no, it is not, it is not. And if sorry, Sherry, no, it's, it's okay. <laughs> I just had to let that go through me there. Yeah, for a yeah, I, like, oh boy, yeah, that right. 
Yeah, um, I think, but I think I've spent a lot of my life thinking that people pleasing was what I did to be a peacemaker. Um, and then I think all that did was make for a very exhausted pigeon version of Sherry yeah. with no internal peace. And the fact of the matter is I can never bring peace to people outside of myself. I just can't do it. Um, and so, so I'm starting to learn that the word no is sometimes a peace practice that I have to observe. Janelle is nodding over there. I, yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> our listeners can rang almost bell. hear yeah. her nodding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I completely resonate. And I'm also an Enneagram too, like Athena. Um, and I think Enneagram twos have a tendency towards people pleasing because we want to help people and make them happy. And Sometimes it, it seems like saying yes is what we can do to create the most peace. Um, I think what I've learned is that when we create like a fake sense of peace, it actually creates a lot more chaos. Mm -hmm. And if we are wanting to say no, but we're saying yes, it creates confusion for the people around us. Um, and I've had to do a lot of work to say no <laughs> when that's how I feel internally to, to vocalize what's going on internally. And a lot of times that is through a no. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it also relates when we're thinking about disrupting the narratives that are not seeking peace, right? If we think about um, anyone who's pursuing inequality or who is discriminating, right? Like if, it may seem like the more peaceful approach to just let it slide because we're not going to create confrontation. But if we actually want to work for peace, we have to be willing to speak up and disrupt that. And I think the peace comes after that moment when you're at peace with yourself, because you know that you did the right thing to help others, mm. as opposed to just making yourself feel good because you didn't have to make someone mad. Uh -huh. Yeah. In that uh, there's a mother Teresa quote, like, we don't have peace because we forgot that we belong to each other. Uh -huh. mm. And uh, I think she's right. Uh -huh. So how do we remind ourselves that we belong to each other? Anyone can answer that. Uh, it was a serious <laughs> question. So <laughs> oh, we thought Sherry was going to answer. It's like uh, you know, that's how you that's how you shut up a room right there. It's like so. How do you <laughs> nope. No, I think it's going back to connecting to our faith. Yeah, I mean, our faith has connected us all in on this podcast, um, and yeah. um, it's a story that's bigger than ourselves about a God who loves us too much to let us go, and you know, God decided to come be here on earth the angels did celebrate and the angels knew hey there was peace on earth and everybody came to see Jesus in the midst of total chaos in the midst of a king trying to kill all the babies mm -hmm. um, you know it was it's just a story of God connecting us and reminding us that we are connected to each other and that within us there's this peace that we belong belong to God, belong to each other. I think it's also about continuing to intentionally seek out relationships with people, um, especially in 
COVID times, that's really hard. But like, the more that we separate ourselves from other people physically, mentally, um, however you may separate yourself, the less you remember that you belong to each other. And so hmm. even for those introverts like myself who like love just sitting at home and not talking to anybody, like I continually push myself to talk to people on FaceTime or go for a walk or do something because building relationships with people and sustaining relationships with people is how we keep the bridges built. It's how we continue to um, build each other up and hopefully as a community, then we're seeking peace for other communities and we just keep making those connections. But if we stop connecting with people, that's when we lose peace. So, so part of being a peacemaker is reminding people that they are connected to you and to each other in, in meaningful ways. Mm -hmm. Well, don't you think that's part of why people lost such a sense of peace during the pandemic? Like, because that was the first thing to go, right? right, Was was physical connection to each other. Yeah. Um, And so in some ways, this whole thing, I mean, that's why the whole, you don't get inner peace by being like Thoreau out at Walden Pond. Um, We need Mm -hmm. each other. I don't know. It seems pretty good. (laughs) Sometimes, but not always. Yeah. Yeah. And I think peace gets lost when uh, life gets interrupted. And that's the whole Advent story. Mm. Like life is interrupted always with Mary, with Joseph, you know, everybody in that story, life was interrupted. Uh-huh. Um, but it was inter- interrupted in an amazing way. Um, and the angels had to remind us that there was peace on earth. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hmm. Athena, do you have a story about peacemaking experience that you've had? We, uh, we put uh, Janelle over the, I shouldn't say raked over the coals or something like that, right? Um, do you put her have in a, the hot seat is yeah, a more gentle <laughs> way. Is there, is there a hot seat for Athena in, in this? Um, I mean, of course, I have lots of stories. Yeah. Names, um, pr- names removed, right? Uh, appropriate for our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different story. Um, All stories are welcome here. Yeah. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I mean, I, I the first thing that popped into mind was Um, during my fifth year of teaching, which Mm. for those of you who are not, well, I guess none of us, Sherry, you're an educator, but um, for those of you who are not educators, there's this kind of stigma associated with teaching where um, no one makes it past five years, at least in public. Yeah. Right. Right, right. Um, Like you're, you're considered advanced if you make it past three years and then everyone burns out at five. So I was, set and determined that I was not going to be one of those teachers. Uh And then my fifth year came and it like everything broke down because teaching is just such a stressful job and in many ways thankless. And you get yelled at by parents and students and like, it's just teachers have it really rough Mm. (laughs) y'all. And so my fifth year came and I was thinking like, okay, I'm, having a horrible year i'm losing touch with who i am i don't like the person that i've become um i can't control these things that are happening to me like i just i have to do something different but at the same time i felt so guilty that i was going to be another teacher who left after five years Mm. Uh right and the kids were going to have another teacher that they wouldn't get to see in the building um 
especially because I joined specifically to become a teacher who didn't do that. Like it was just, it was a horrible place to be in. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, it was like, my life is in shambles and something has to change. And so I, it, it sounds weird to say, but I feel like it took a lot of courage for me to leave the classroom. Um, And I'm not saying that to be egotistical or anything, but um, sometimes you have to put yourself first and in order to be able to help others. There's this quote that I love um, that's like, you are not, you're not expected to set yourself on fire in order to keep everybody else warm. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think that that really resonated with me at that time in my life. Um, So I transitioned and became an instructional coach, but I still, it still took me many months Mm. to stop feeling guilty about leaving the classroom. And what I eventually, how I eventually made peace with that, I guess, is because I was able to start seeing how what I was doing from a coaching role was, was helping support the teachers who were then helping the students. And so I was able to find that connection back to how what I was doing was still making a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took a lot of reflection. And a, honestly, it took a lot of other people pointing that out for me. Like, I don't mm. think I would have gotten there without a support network saying like, no, like you're still doing okay. Like you're still making a difference. You're not being selfish. Um, and so then that brings me back to the connection point mm-hmm. of like, we, I, it's really hard to find peace or even internal personal peace. If you don't have other people who you're connected to, mm-hmm. who can support you and who can remind you of that you're loved. Mm-hmm. And again, speaking as a two right. who's constantly mm-hmm. seeking, am I worthy of love? Um, you know, I have to have those connections. And that's another Mm. reason that I have been so intentional during the pandemic about creating groups and meetings where I am forced to interact with people on a regular basis, because I know that I will spiral down very quickly if I don't have people constantly like feeding into me or being able to feed into other people. Yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. Well, so, (laughs) so, I mean, you were able to, I mean, you talked about courage within that. Um, I mean, you know what, you had to pull from in order to make that decision and it felt like courage to you. Yeah. To do. Yeah. So, um, something came up in the podcast last week and by that, I mean an hour and a half ago, mm-hmm. um, when we recorded that about, um, cause uh, Robin used the word selfish as, as well. Right. And in, in this notion of selfishness. And I think what, what came out of that was it's okay to do things for yourself and, and, um, peacemaking, in having the difficult conversations and doing the hard things that require courage to do um, can be ultimately done as an act of self-care as they do represent your peacemaking with yourself and the world in which you relate. Does that make sense, Sherry? I think kind so. Of. Well, I mean, I think I'm thinking about how in some ways all of these Advent concepts are things that um, – that you can run out of, right? Like you can run out of hope, run out of peace, run out of joy and run out of love. Um, And so I think with all of them, you both need to take care of yourself. You need like this self-focused practice, but then you also need community uh, and you need both. Um, I think it was, what was it? Maybe a week ago, 
um, that I was talking to Paul about the fact that my tank was empty. Mm. Um, my tank was just super depleted and I had nothing left to give to anyone else. And Paul asked me why I only had one tank. Um, because apparently you need a tank for yourself and then the tank that you use to support others. And uh, I've just had one, y'all. Um, well, so- <laughs> the lesson here is you don't need to, but there are consequences if you do, right? The, yeah, yeah, there are consequences. You end up giving yourself away. Yeah. Um, yourself away. Yeah, and so like I was just like waking up each day and, and thinking like I have to be in service of others. Um and being surprised that I was completely depleted. Um, mm-hmm. And so now I'm, I'm like part of my own trying to come to a place of peace for myself is trying to figure out, okay, thinking about these two things as separate, like I'm going to seek uh, this kind of internal peace um, and, and take care of myself and I'm going to be in community and it's a both and. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't, I can't just keep giving until... I'm an exhausted pigeon. I'm thinking about like, so how I said similar to what you just said, which is like, if you keep giving of, you keep giving of yourself, you're going to run out of stuff and then you can't serve others. And so I think I justify taking myself. Well, if I take care of myself first, then I'm going to be able to serve others better or more. But I'm wondering like, should I reframe that? Like, so that I take care of myself, period, stop. Like end of sentence, mm. that's okay and that's enough. Like that concept for me would be, is really hard for me to wrap my re- mind around right now. If if the act of just taking care of Athena um, produces peace and the relationships with, with everything around you, it's like, what if what would happen if Athena just took care of Athena? And it's like this blissful awareness just like settled over her and all her needs were met. And uh, I mean, there may or may not be bunny rabbits and butterflies and things like that, but there could be, there could be, you know, what if, what if, if a little bit of self-care is an expression of peace, if entire self-care is the ultimate expression of, of peace. And not like at the expense of caring for others. Right. Yeah. But doing that, like you said, Sherry, just because there is that other tank. Yes. And like, I, I'm not filling up this tank so that it will overflow and fill up the other tank next. It, I'm just filling up that tank so that that tank is full. Yeah, I I found myself saying to a student of mine this week, um, she, she was talking about how she gives herself t- tough love. And then later in the conversation, she was describing this very kind thing she does for her boyfriend. And I pointed out to her, like, don't you deserve at least as much love as your boyfriend does? And then I started realizing that advice is really for me. Um, (laughs) Sherry, you deserve at least as much love as you give your students. Um, I think part of it is just realizing that, like, if everyone is worthy of love, that means you too. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So trying to wrestle with that is a big piece of how I am trying to come to peace. (laughs) See what you did there. (laughs) Uh, so Marty, what are you thinking when you light that second candle? He doesn't light the candles. Who does? Who, who lights the candles over there? Athena, is that going to be you? Who? We'll have different people light the candles for Advent. Um, uh, you know, when we light the peace candle, it'll just it'll just make the room even more brighter. Hmm. Um, we'll have the hope candle lit. 
we'll have the peace candle lit and it will make the room a lot brighter um more encouraging um and uh i i don't know i i'm a person that kind of runs on one tank but i feel like it's a big tank mm. and uh i don't know that's why i i cling to my faith because clinging to my faith takes so much pressure off of me um that I don't have to work so hard to be good. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have to work so I can rest easy. Mm-hmm. I can just rest easy. And in that moment, seeing those candle lit, it's just another reminder that I'm already God's and I can just rest easy. Mm-hmm. That's probably what I'll be thinking. Cool. cool. Janelle, peace was your word for the year. Uh, what did that feel like at the time? How was this? So was this like a like a scratch off lottery ticket? It's like you scratch the thing off and it says peace on it. Or how did this how did this peace word come into your come into your year? So this is like what January, December, January? Yeah, I think January. But it came from recognizing how often I denied my own peace mm-hmm. and how that was a deeply rooted habit of mine that I had developed through my whole life and how if I wanted, how I needed to be intentional to make a shift, it wasn't just going to happen for me to live with more peace. Um, And so that's why I made it my word. I knew that I would need to be intentional. And it really did come from other people helping me see how much I Mm. overlooked my peace and how much I prioritized the peace of others um, at the expense of myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the, and the pandemic didn't uh, derail, didn't derail that. I mean, pandemic hits and it's like, well, so much for peace. Uh, You you stuck to it. Mm -hmm. You stuck to it. I think it, it made it clear how much I needed peace and how um, how relevant it was. I think in harder times, we can see how beneficial it is to live with a practice of peace in everything we do um, because, because there is so much more chaos out there that we can't control. We realize um, our lack of control. And so the only thing we can control is is what's within and, and how we live our lives. Um, so I feel like there's an even greater need when you when you see that. Yeah. You refer to peace as a practice. I feel like it's a lifestyle, but I also agree that peace is within us. And I was thinking, I don't feel like my peace is ever complete just on my own. Um, so we talked about people and God. I feel like it's three parts for me connection with people, connection with God and connection with self. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's a practice of being connected to those three things. And you have a practice for each. You have a practice for each. (laughs) uh... I feel like it's not one practice, but it's more of a commitment. And then the practice looks different every day. And Mm in the different situations. Yeah. 
And I think thinking of it as a practice gets us away from that word that Marty didn't like earlier, the idea of finding peace. Like, mm. let's practice peace instead of mm-hmm. going and finding it. Yeah. Because if, if you're looking for it, you're looking for it somewhere mm-hmm. outside of yourself, you know. Um, and if you find it, it's an accident and you stumbled across it inadvertently, you, you know, tripped you it. tripped over it, right? Maybe, or maybe not recognizing it at the time. You know, but making your own, that feels like something you can do. Mm-hmm. Feels like something you can do as part of a practice. Wow. I mean, we've turned it into a, like a verb, like a lifestyle almost. <laughs> like as Janelle said, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like we can wake up in the morning and say, what can I do to find peace today? What can I do to be peaceful today? What can I do to practice being peaceful today or practice peace? To make peace. Make peace. To be yeah. a peacemaker. Yeah. Or to witness peace within us. Mm-hmm. This requires some awareness. Uh-huh. You know, we, we started with this a little bit, you know, awareness of what's moving through us at the time, a little bit and being open to, oh, open to feeling or seeing or recognizing when there's not peace. Uh, and that can be its own set of courageous admission, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I used to say uh, back a month or two ago, this has gone on long enough, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> There's peace to be found here, but it's not going to happen by itself because after 48 years, it has not made itself peace. Maybe maybe I need to do something about it. Maybe mm-hmm. I need to do something about it. So when is the, when is the, when does something you get to the point where you put your foot down and you say, okay, it's time to do something about this? Mm-hmm. You know, I guess one question I have, too, that maybe we can think about a little as we we wrap up today. Um, How can we cultivate peace as a church together? Especially during these times. It's telling stories like we did today. Hmm. Um, Small groups. I don't know. It's... It's... uh, Knowing the people in your life and knowing what you need and knowing what they need. Um, and that makes it challenging in these times, but um, I know soon that we'll all be back together. And But the work of peace will still be just as uh, needed, mm-hmm. even when we're back together. Yeah, I think it's about keeping those connections alive. Like you don't have to go to a small group or a pastor check-in or young adult group in order to connect with people. But you should. But you, I was going to say, but you can. You can <laughs> do those absolutely. things, right? You <laughs> could do those things. But I mean, you know, we all have different relationships with different people in the church and reach out to them, reach out to each other, check in on each other, even if it's just to say, hey, and catch up. Like it doesn't, they don't have to have something big or catastrophic happen in their life for you to reach out. Uh-huh people value connecting with each other and building relationships and we all have the power to do that within whether it's just with one person or whether it's five or uh-huh. you can do whatever brings you peace bring peace to others through your work yeah and that's that's where um the episode we recorded before this one kind of went at the end as well. The question was actually asked, what would you, what would you say to someone who is losing, who's losing hope? And the, the answers that were given were similar, Mm -hmm. Athena, to what you just said, you know, reach out, reach out, 
you know, to, to someone. Call a hotline or uh, somebody in the church and reestablish that connection, you know, and, and not just hope can be found there, peace can be found there uh, as, as well. And I would say if you're if you're looking to be a peacemaker, there are probably people who are losing hope who are not like they can't reach out or they don't know how or they're scared to. So by being a peacemaker, if you're reaching out first, you're making that bridge happen so that then they can ask for help that they need. So yeah. mm-hmm. and that can be you're helping the other. Yeah. And that can be part of your own self care. That can be part of your exactly. own self process. Yeah. Okay. Your, your, it can be part of your own practice of who did I reach out to today or this week or recently who's somebody I know who might not be being reached out to. And if the response is, you know, you're the fifth person to reach out to me this week. What the hell's going on? It's like, that can be okay. That can be okay. Right. But, uh, or they might say, wow, that's it really means a lot that you did. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, and both, both can be true. Mm-hmm. Both can be true. It's so interesting to me that now both of these episodes in Advent have circled back to the importance of community. Cause I usually think of Advent as such a personal siloed it's me and my devotional kind of time and i don't know if it's covid or what but it definitely does feel like this advent season i'm getting like billboard sign reminders that yeah like marty said earlier uh a la mother Teresa, we belong to each other cool well janelle any last uh any last words what do you say to your listeners out here about peace Well, I think going to what Sherry said, I do think an essential part of peace is knowing that you're not alone. And that Mm -hmm. comes from community and from God. Mm -hmm. So it's not just an internal thing. It also, I mean, it has to be an internal thing, but it also comes from people and from God. Mm -hmm. And I do think that we can be a part in helping each other see that, helping each other see that we're not alone in this. Cool. Athena, thoughts? I would say if you are looking for peace, come to one of our groups, including <laughs> the young adult group that meets on Thursdays at 7, every other Thursday. We would love to have you. If you are a young adult at heart, we welcome Yeah, you. I was going to say, how young do you have to be to go to the young adult group? Because I think I aged out. I think I aged out. Oh, welcome. Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Marty, peace. What do you think? Um, I think it's necessary for us to, uh, have a relationship with God. Yeah. And, um, that just inspires us to have relationships with others too. Hmm. Um, and we're getting ready to celebrate that gift of God being with us. And, um, that's as peaceful as you can get right there. Yeah. Yeah. Sherry, what do you say, huh? Oh, I knew you were going to turn that head around to me, Paul. I'm asking the question, so I don't actually have to answer this Oh, one. I don't think it's that easy, sir. Uh, I don't know. Um, I I really think that, uh, I don't know. What's the question again? I'm, I'm missing it. <laughs> Last thoughts on peace. Last thoughts on peace. Okay. Uh, clearly. I final thoughts. Final, final thoughts. thoughts. Um, I don't know. I think community really does bring me peace. Um, I think... When I don't have peace, I think I can lean on the peace of others sometimes. And so I think that's like kind of my takeaway. Um, You know, like I 
often, you know, I waver in my faith. I waver in a sense of peace. Uh, but I can find people who are anchors in this community. Um, I think Marty, like Marty's like peace and his sense of faith and the confidence he has, for example, that like God is with us, God is in us. Um, when I waver, I always know Marty's got it. Um, <laughs> so I think peace comes from knowing even when you don't have it. Too much pressure, Sherry. Too much yeah. pressure. <laughs> <laughs> you always have to have it, Marty. No, that's, that's why there are co-pastors. When you right, don't have right. it, Robin's hopefully right, right, got, it. got it. Someone uh, in us has it. Um, so I like having... Um, I like knowing someone's someone's going to be pulling through. Mm-hmm. What about mm. you, Paul? What's the question? <laughs> Final thoughts, Final on, thoughts peace on peace with Paul Fitzgerald. I don't know. I mean, this is nice. This is nice. I mean, I'm feeling it right now, you know, just being able to hang out with some, some awesome folks and have an honest conversation about it that, you know, some people might listen to and, and, uh, and, and enjoy. Um, just that, that sense of feeling like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing some sort of good work that could be done, you know, in, in ways that, that folks could use it. And I find peace in, I find peace in that. And um, I don't know if I have much else to say about it besides, yeah, it's a felt sense for me. It's like, ah, I mean, that, that I associate it with that feeling of, ah, ah, <laughs> peace, ah, peaceful, ah, it's peace. Looking at the ocean, going to the desert, recording a podcast. Ah, peace. peace. Uh-huh. Awesome. Cool. Well, we can find uh, Athena oftentimes uh, singing in church, right? On the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Right? We can see her. Uh, Every on Sunday. The, yeah. Um, and Marty, we see plenty of Marty as well. And we listen to Marty a lot. And so thank you again, Marty, for that. Janelle, it's wonderful to see you. Uh, thank you. Thank you for joining <laughs> us. Yeah, thank you for joining us on this. Uh-huh. Sherry, a pleasure as always. As always, Paul. What's next week, Joy? Next week is the pink candle, Paul. Finally! Paul likes the pink, <laughs> pink candle. What's up with that pink candle? That's the question I brought yep. up. Many of these. We're going to get some candle? joy next week. Were y'all. they out of purple ones? So we had to get a pink one or what? Is that from the, <laughs> well, B, is that from the B rack of the candle aisle or what? What's going yeah. on? <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us, and I hope you all have a wonderful day. Yeah, thanks. One, two, three. We'll say, say, let's say peace to everybody on three. One, two, three. Peace. Peace. Awesome. Take care, everybody. podcast is produced by Sherry Spiegel, Paul Fitzgerald, and This Most Unbelievable Life. For more information, please check us out at www.thismostunbelievablelife.com.